Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Crystal Silence League Hour, live from Divine Harmony Spiritual Church in Knoxville, Tennessee, on the LMC Radio Network, a show dedicated to open-minded discussion of spirituality, new thought, prayer, and the practical use of crystals. And now, your host, the Reverend John St. Germain. my goodness, I hope everyone is doing well. This is the last broadcast of 2020. Not the last broadcast of the Crystal Silence League by any means, but the last broadcast for this somewhat challenging year. I think we should all get participation trophies for making it this far. Yay for all of us. What is this, December 29th? Yes, it is. Notable in history, of course, is the uh, Wounded Knee Massacre. Um, on which we won't dwell, because um, it was a very tragic thing. But if you don't know about that, go read up on it. It was a, a truly tragic day, and um, uh, appropriate for 2020, I think, to uh, dwell upon that. Uh, you, you know, the Wounded Knee Massacre was a misunderstanding. It was, it was, uh, um, it was all a misunderstanding. It started. It could have gone a lot differently. It could have gone a lot differently. It was miscommunication and misunderstanding that led to tremendous bloodshed and ill feeling and ill feelings feelings that lasted to this day. Communication and proper understanding is vital and very important, as is learning the lessons of history, and and so we don't repeat them. As you get older, you uh, you gather things in your heart. Um, and uh, it's easy to um, As you get older, you learn to be cautious, I suppose. Um, you don't automatically trust everybody like you, like you may do when you're young. And uh, my attitude is always, let's see, you know, wait and see, you know, wait and see. And you know you keep your uh, you you keep your ass guarded. You keep your ass guarded. We're going to try to uh, make it through uh, blog talk radio, and uh, I'm going to tell you that it began giving me crap immediately upon uh, attempting to log in earlier. I rebooted everything to see what we're going to do. I will say that most likely in the uh, podcast version. You won't get the uh, audio problems that we get in the live broadcast, oddly enough. I think the direct recording is probably less uh, problematical than the live broadcast. I have nothing to go on based on that. I haven't gone back and listened to the podcast, but perhaps it is. Perhaps I just have a, a feeling it's the live broadcast that has the problems, not the uh, direct podcast. So looking over 2020, I, I feel that it is an endurance test more than anything else. Many people have had a very difficult time getting through this, but I think if we've gotten through this far, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Let's look at our uh, crystal of the week which, by the way, is citrine, and citrine is one of the classics. That's one that's in everybody's toolkit. And um, citrine is a yellow stone, um, very pretty. And uh, there's not a whole lot of uh, variation in its color. You'll sometimes find orange um, uh, striations through it, but it's a very energetic stone, uh, a very happy stone. Uh, not much... Uh, uh, mysticism about it at all. Um, it's it's a, it's a stone most used for cleaning, uh, for uh, cleaning and discharging uh, negative energy. It, it opens up the chakra. Uh, it's used a lot in prosperity work. It attracts wealth. 
It attracts prosperity. It, it's a joyous stone. It elevates the mood. It gives a childlike sense of wonder. It's used for raising self-esteem and self-confidence. It's uh, reputed to strengthen the brain, stimulate the imagination. It, it helps uh, promote and energize uh, your motivation, your creativity, uh, your creative self-expression. It helps uh, concentration, helps uh, energize the mind. It uh, releases uh, negativity, depression, uh, bad feelings. Uh, it helps balance uh, all the chakras. And uh, if you're healing from anything, citrine is supposed to help the process of healing. Um, uh, citrine is also a part of other crystals like ametrine. Uh, and uh, citrine is basically quartz uh, with inclusions that give it a yellow a uh, uh, yellow tint and uh, it resonates with the uh, the solar plexus chakra and uh, depending on its tint it can uh, if it's a deep if it goes from yellow to deep orange it can resonate to the sacral chakra and uh, many people will uh, um, uh, impart the wisdom that it resonates with the crown chakra it's especially attractive to Leos and Gemini, by the way, even though uh, the birthstone is November. And um, that's all I can tell you about citrine. It's a hard stone. You can put it in water directly for a direct infusion um, and uh, use it that way. Uh, I, I don't. I don't like to do that. I usually try to uh, use an indirect uh, uh, diffusion because um, – I don't like pieces of the rock uh, going through the uh, uh, into the water itself. Some stones are uh, toxic, right? And uh, citrine isn't, I don't think. It's quartz. But you, you don't want to get the stuff on you, um, uh, just in case. And uh, that's, that's our crystal of the week. I want to take a sip of coffee and get my... Uh, Oh, yes, it is pretty. Doc Murphy says it is pretty. It is a very pretty stone, polished up. They're very, very pretty. I want to take a sip of coffee, get my voice ready. Just give me just a moment. The time approaches for our weekly <clears throat> prayer service. If you are so inclined, join us at crystalsilenceleague.org to see this week's prayer requests. We always preserve anonymity at uh, Crystal Silence League, and prayer is always free. And we get up to 200 prayers a week, uh, sometimes about the same person. Uh, I, I'm serious. I'm serious. I just went over. We, we get reported prayers, and uh, we had close to 300 reported prayers, and uh, uh, 125 were from the same person. They were reported for spamming, and I just deleted uh, almost 300 reported posts and uh, 150 were from the same person. I issued a warning, so don't don't do that because it's counterproductive. Um, rather than getting positive prayer and affirmation, they were getting cursed. <laughs> there were people saying, uh, "Throw these people off." So it was getting negative energy. So don't post too much. Don't post the same prayer again and again and again. That's spamming. But let's start with. Uh, Prayer ID number 101421, who prays, replenish me, O Lord, and make my days of fattening draw nigh. My days of fattening have been during during this COVID uh, isolation. I must have gained 10 pounds. And uh, the prayer is, I will be 40 years by 13 May 2021, yet I'm not married. Got no kids. Business that I'm doing is not working. Sometimes even the money I realize for my business, I don't know where it vanishes to. I'm dying in my weakness, so please stand for me and help my unbelief. For almost 20 years of my life, I've been living in people's homes for free, and when I was able to raise money to rent my own apartment this year, I was scammed of my rent. I don't know what I've done wrong, but nothing I do seems to work. Amen. Prayer ID 101419, who prays that DM 
M comes back to JMM. D can't wait to see J and their three kids. D misses J and their little family that they've created together more than anything. And he's sorry about what he's done and knows that he made a mistake. D would give anything to have J and their little family that they have created together back with him again. Prayer ID 101415, who says, please heal D before it's too late. Please heal him of his struggle with alcohol before he kills himself and is in rough shape and needs help. Help him to want to get the help he needs to make it protect him and keep him safe. Send your angels to watch over him and keep him safe. Guide him to want to change and do better and want to live. Keep him encouraged and help him to trust God and know that there is a way and he is here to help. I pray healing in his body and his mind and I pray he beats the addiction and struggles. Amen. Prayer ID 101414. Thank you, St. Michael, for protecting me with a fiery wall of protection that quickly evaporates any malicious obstacle in my path. Thank you for granting me the love and blessings my heart has longed for all of these years. Thank you for surrounding me with loving individuals and gifting me with a peaceful and harmonious family life. I am grateful for the many people who love me and whom I love like family. I'm grateful that my partner has evolved into a better person. Thank you. Amen. And prayer ID 101411. Permanently remove MW from MK's heart. Make them despise each other right now. Make this woman leave M's life and destroy his relationship with her. Permanently break them up. All communication and interaction stops for good right now. M finds another man and moves on. Amen. And prayer ID 101409. Greetings to all dedicants. I wish you a healthy and prosperous new year. My prayer request for 2021, one, a successful law school from 11 January to May 2021 for my daughter. Favor and grace locate her for prominent law firms, articles with good paying allowances. Two, a healthy and happy relationship with her boyfriend, God willing, be pregnant. Her boyfriend commit to pay uh, Labola. Three, Leave in a safe and affordable apartment. Four, a healthy mind, body, soul for me and husband. And another four, I think it means five, complete village house. Amen. All prayer ID 10148. Please pray that my beloved cat, Binky, we can say pet names, will be healed. He has lost a pound of weight in a short time, is drinking and peeing a lot, but his blood work and urinalysis looked good. I fear something like cancer. Pray he will be healed and that he, my other two cats, and myself will be delivered out of a very bad living situation into a place where we will find true help and healing. Amen. Prayer ID 10147. Please pray with me that C come to S with love and desire. Amen. And prayer ID 101406. I'm praying for financial blessings for me and my husband. From now on, we are blessed with more money to buy my dream home in my dream neighborhood in North or West Vancouver. All curses, evil eyes, jinxes, hexes put on our finances by relatives and other people are removed now and forever. May the creator of the universe, Archangels, Ariel, Barakiel, Michael, and Lakshmi, St. Anthony, pour on us financial blessings and financial guidance. Amen. And prayer ID 101405, please pray for me with all of my outgoings. Amen. Let's have uh, just a couple more. Prayer ID 101403. My cat Lucy is real sick, was diagnosed with kidney disease, urinary tract infection, and feline leukemia. I took her to the vet and had a mobile vet come over, and they moved. Uh, moved. I'm on disability, trying to desperately find a miracle for my cat, Lucy. She's mostly black with a little brown in her fur. I believe she is in pain, drooling, losing weight. 
I was told nothing could be done for her. Please, a Reiki practitioner or shaman, whoever, please send a miracle of healing for my cat and make these disappear. And no matter what, please get rid of the pain, hoping she would be with me a while longer. Thanks all. Amen. And we have um, prayer ID 101397. I pray I heal from past hurts and be in great health, both spiritually and physically. Amen. We have lots of prayers tonight. Prayer ID 101366. Please help D before it's too late. Help him with his struggle. Help him before he kills himself and is in rough shape. Please send your angels to watch over him and keep him safe and guide him to want to change. Amen. Let's take a moment of silent meditation and prayer for all those in need of comfort and support. Amen, amen, amen. Oh gosh, the world is a crazy place. Now, it, is it just me? Am I am I just so? Who is it you say is it just me? Is that that's Glenn Beck? I won't be like Glenn Beck, but am I just so old and calloused that I don't know? I'm just numb to the craziness. Craziness. I I was I was talking uh, to my wife and I said. You know, there are people who believe who believe that the election was rigged, and and I said, do you understand how the the monumental scope of of such an undertaking this would require not five people, not a hundred people, not ten thousand people, not a hundred thousand people, but millions of people from the very ground up through government officials to the Department of Justice, to the Supreme Court, to the intelligence agencies, CIA and FBI, up to Mitch McConnell, apparently, to pull this off. Millions of people to pull off stealing an election, successfully, anyway. And not one of them leaked. Not one of them blew the whistle. And these are people that can't keep a secret. These are people that mistook the uh, Four Seasons uh, hardware store for the Four Seasons Convention Center. And they they pulled off some, uh, uh, a scam of this scope. It, it would take millions of people. Seriously, think about, think about this. What every state would be involved. It would take a coordinated effort of a monument, you know, the guys from Mission Impossible couldn't do it, couldn't do something. But there are people who believe it, and why do they believe it? Well, it makes people feel important to be in on 
uh, you know, on the inside track. And what what this relates to is uh, you read the internet and uh, you get on the internet and you get on discussion threads and people say all kinds of crazy things and then they get really mad and call each other names. And uh, an acquaintance of mine said he found the secret of not getting angry uh, on Facebook and uh, he said just quit the internet groups. And uh, my immediate response was, uh, and this was my uh, instinctive response, was why would you get mad anyway at anything you read on Facebook or on the Internet? Why would you get mad about it? Why? And is is that just me or is that my generation? And I thought, no, no, that's it. the old guys get foaming at the mouth mad over stuff they read on the Internet. Uh, I... I can't, I can't. I don't get it. Now I can get mad. Um, uh, I can, but it's got to be um, first of all in in real life, you know, like face to face, and uh, it's got to escalate over time. Um, I, I can't see getting mad over. You know, you can turn it off. Um, you can walk away from it. Um, if there's something going on on the internet that you don't like, you can, uh, why, why are you there? I, I, I don't get it. Um, I, I just, I, I don't get it. Maybe somebody can explain that to me. It's a sociological phenomenon. I don't get, but then again, these are, um, younger people that were born with social media and you know, the internet didn't come around in its current form until I was in my thirties. Uh, you know, I grew up playing with other kids and with sticks and stones and, uh, very simple toys. And, um, uh, the video game that I remember from high school was uh tank and biplane. And then, uh, when ping pong came along, it was like amazing. And then there's asteroids and et cetera. And about the time asteroids, uh, and Space Invaders came out, I stopped playing video games. I've not played a video game since. I, I don't even, people say, oh, you should play this Justice League video game. I said, you understand I'm 60, right? And, uh, you know, they'll say, oh, the, oh, there are a lot of 15, 60-year-olds that play video games. I said, not not the ones that moved out of their mother's basement, you know, once they turned 30. No. Uh, no, there's not. So I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But what, I, what I've come to understand is that and I want to tell you something that may you may not like me after I tell you this. I'm going to give you an insight. Um, and um, I, I spent most of my life working. I, I never had time for leisure. You know, I've, I've rarely played board games. I've rarely had hobbies. Um, and I raised my kid. I was um, busy doing all that. I really had to scratch to make a living most of my life. Um, I, I either worked or was involved uh, dealing with the uh, issues of supporting a family. Uh, I, I was 50 before I had time for myself. I started studying piano at 50. That's the first time I did anything for myself. And it gave me a, a view of the world. Um that may be different from um, many of you, many of you. And I learned a lot about people. I worked one-on-one -on -one with a lot of different types of people. And I believe that most people have a spark of good in them. I also believe that there are truly evil people in the world, people that have no good in them. But most people have the potential for good but most of them have no interest in developing it. And I, I mean, most people and that the majority of people fall into one of th the majority, not everyone, but the majority of people fall into th one of three categories. They're malicious or stupid or. Oh gosh. Um, malicious. stupid or afraid. And then there's that small category of people who are 
or so I'm sorry, malicious, stupid, or self-centered, malicious, stupid, or self-centered. And there's that small category of people who are aware and intelligent and I'll repeat it. Uh, Jeremy just finally connected. I was going to, uh, Jeremy, what I just said was that I, I've, I came to a conclusion very early in life that most people fall into one of three categories. They're either malicious or they're stupid or they're self-centered. And there, there's a small percentage of people who are aware and intelligent and um, uh, caring. Now, those other three categories of people, some of them are very good at pretending to be uh, caring. Uh, some of them are very good at, pretend, at pretending to be smart. They, they learn uh, buzz, buzzwords, catchphrases, and um, some of them are good at hiding their maliciousness. And some very successful people, uh, most politicians are sociopaths. Uh, many people in medical and legal professions, very malicious people that pretend to care about you. Um, and this is this is what I have found about the world. And I believe the Internet is a haven for uh, a majority of people uh, who aren't quite sane. So why would you care about what they say? Anyway, that's my that's my discussion uh, there. This is what I've learned about 2020. It, it's really ripped the mask off a lot of uh, the malicious and uh, self-centered and stupid people. And I think many of the people who are uh, caring and uh, aware and intelligent uh, have withdrawn um, or they, or they form bubbles uh, of uh, uh, isolation. They've gone somewhere else. They've gone somewhere else. Because I remember when the internet first came out, I was really happy. I said, are you kidding me? All the world's knowledge will be at everyone's fingertips. They'll never be stupid people again. And boy, was I wrong. There it was. We were talking last time about um, the, uh, the fourth of the noble truths. And uh, the four noble truths don't stand alone. It's not like uh, one, two, three, four. They're really the fourfold noble truth. They all work together. And uh, the first uh, awareness is suffering. And uh, uh, so I, I guess when I, when I tell you this thing that may uh, cause you to not like me very much, that I consider the world mostly populated by um, – those in quiet desperation, as Thoreau said, uh, the malicious and the the stupid and the self-centered. And no one thinks of themselves that way. Um, and what category do I fall in? I certainly don't consider myself the fourth category, the aware, the uh, uh, intelligent, and the caring. I don't, I don't consider myself that at all. Um, I'm a person who worked very hard at becoming a human being. I, I have worked very hard at not being a monster all my life, uh, working against my natural tendency to be a monster. I've worked very hard against that. Um, you know, if I if I followed my natural instincts, I would have been a terrible a terrible thing, a frightening thing. It was it was only Buddhism that saved me from being that, and a desire not to be a frightening thing. I had a desire not to be a frightening thing. So. What I have discovered is that in everybody there is suffering. There is a there is suffering in everybody, no matter what, what they are and who they are. In the most narcissistic sociopath, there's suffering. And recognizing that suffering, I have compassion for him, for everybody. Everybody suffers. And I have great compassion. I've developed great compassion for that suffering. And this is why when I say the world uh, populated mostly by the malicious and the stupid, the evil, the self-centered, I, I don't hate these people. I recognize the suffering. And as it says in the Dhammapada, as you are, so am I. As I am, so are you. And this identification 
I find compassion because the suffering of a narcissist is no different than the suffering of an empath. It's no different. It's suffering. Suffering has one flavor. Like the sea tastes of salt, suffering has one flavor. And when I read these listicles on Facebook about the narcissist and uh, the borderline personality and how we should avoid them and all this, I, I disregard it because it's it's crap. Um, narcissists and borderline personality do they, they do have feelings. They may not express them. It, are you telling me you can't hurt a narcissist's feelings? You can't cause them pain? Come on now, come on now. And they they do, and they're they're deserving of compassion, but protect yourself. Definitely. So the whole teaching of the Buddha, to which he devoted himself during 45 years, deal in some way or other with the path to walk away from the cause of suffering. And he taught this in different words to different people, depending on their uh, ability to understand him. He taught the malicious and he taught the stupid. And he taught the self-centered. <clears throat> and you'll see this throughout the suttas. You'll see very malicious people come to him. The serial killer. Uh, uh, Agama Mila was a man who killed 99 people, and he made a necklace of their fingers. <clears throat> and he heard about the Buddha. He said, that would be a worthy guy to add to make he, – he vowed to have 100 fingers. He said, hey, the Buddha's finger would be a great one to add for number 100. And he went off to kill the Buddha and cut off his finger and make it finger number 100. And the Buddha was like, well, my good man, why do you want to do this? And he started talking to him. And uh, Argamalana became uh, a monk. Uh, He saw the error of his ways and became a monk. You know, where most people say, oh, my God, a serial killer. (laughs) We need need All right. I am now calling in my own radio show. And we can continue with me as a guest on my own television on my own radio show. It's an unusual way to get on, but guess what? I just called in on my own radio show. Blog Talk kicked me out of my own radio show, and it was not possible for me to uh, log back in. It says that I am logged in, and then when I tried to call back in as a host, it said the host was already logged in. So I figured out a way around it. I just called in on my telephone and um, uh, picked up my own uh, my own show. So I'm actually on the guest line. So where were we? We are talking about the fourth aspect of the uh, noble truth, Buddha taught this to a, a serial killer called uh, Agamakia and uh, uh, saved uh, himself from being killed by this gentleman and uh, having his finger harvested. So um, uh, the fourth noble truth is uh, what's called the Eightfold Noble Path. And um, it's an interesting thing because the uh, the eight called Noble Path is part of the Four Noble Truths, and one of the uh, Eightfold Noble Paths is is right practice, which is following the Four Noble Truths. So they actually interact. Uh, uh, The Eightfold Noble Truths are part of the Four Noble Truths, and the Four Noble Truths are part of the Eightfold Path. They're self-referential, which is very interesting. Because the, the eight divisions of uh, the Eightfold Path are um, right understanding, right thought, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. Pretty much the entire teaching of the Buddha um, are summated in uh, these eight steps. 
and um, you don't go down this checklist and learn them one at a time. You just uh, more or less try to cultivate them all at once. And uh, these are divided in different categories um, depending on what you're working on. And um, these uh, eight factors, as they're sometimes called, are essential in Buddhist training and discipline. And they are sometimes divided into three uh, three baskets of ethical conduct, mental discipline, and wisdom. Then uh, sometimes uh, aspects of them are divided into two qualities that are uh, essential. Uh, according to the Buddha, for a man to be uh, perfectly developed, perfectly balanced, there are two qualities you have to develop equally, and that is comp compassion and wisdom. Because compassion, which is uh, love and charity and kindness and tolerance, are very noble qualities on the emotional side. This, this is developing the heart. Wisdom would, would represent the intellectual side, qualities of the mind, the analytical, the rational side. And if one develops only the emotional side, neglecting the intellectual, you can become a good-hearted fool. You can become easily duped. Um, people take advantage of you. But if you develop only the intellectual side, neglecting the emotional development, you can turn into a hard-hearted intellect, a cynic, without feelings for other people. Therefore, to be a perfect person, to be, to be the noble one, to be the arhat, you must develop both equally. And that's the aim of this, this Buddhist way of life, this eightfold path. Wisdom and compassion are inseparably linked. And you see this in, in all the teachings. Now, ethical conduct, which is based on love and compassion, uh, are included in three of the factors of the Noble Eightfold Path, right speech, right action, and right livelihood. And right speech means that you abstain from telling lies, from backbiting, and slander, and talk that may bring about hatred, uh, disunity, and disharmony among individuals or groups of people. You avoid harsh and rude and impolite and malicious and abusive language. And you abstain from idle and useless and foolish babble and gossip. And that gossip is a tough one and an important one. So if you abstain from these forms of wrong and harmful speech, you naturally have to speak the truth. And you have to use words that are friendly and benevolent, pleasant and gen gentle, meaningful and useful. And one should not speak carelessly. Speech should be at the right time and place. And if you can't say something useful, one should keep what's known as noble silence. And right action aims at promoting moral, honorable, and peaceful conduct. It admonishes us. It, it completely uh, becomes a uh, like a strict teacher uh, that we should abstain from destroying life. We should abstain from stealing, from dishonest dealings, from illegitimate sexual intercourse, and that we should also help others to lead a peaceful and honorable life in the right way. Um, right action, uh, there's uh, the five Buddhist precepts. Uh, right speech is one. Um, and, and these, uh, the uh, eight precepts are, uh, or the five precepts are like the Buddhist Ten Commandments, except they're not commandments. They're uh, suggestions, their guidelines, and you, you take them, you say, I undertake the practice of right speech. I undertake the practice of avoiding unnecessary taking of life. Understand, it's not, thou shalt not kill. I undertake the, pre the precept of avoiding the unnecessary taking of life. Do you, do you understand the difference there? I, I undertake the precept of not taking anything that is not voluntarily given, that is not that is not voluntarily and freely given. Do you understand the difference between that and thou shalt not steal? Can you understand the difference? I undertake the precept of abstaining from sexual uh, impropriety. Do you understand the difference there? And the interesting thing is that one thing, sexual 
and propriety really creates a great deal of um, of uh, discussion. Uh, I've had I had a friend. His name was Ford Cross. He said, "Well, what constitutes sexual impropriety?" I said, uh, "Sex that you're not supposed to have." Ford. He goes, "Well, that can differ from person to person." I said, "Ford, it's common sense. You know, you know, wrongful sex. You know what wrong sex is, or you should. Well, that could be different in different cultures. No, it's not, Ford." You know you don't have sex with minors. You know you don't have sex with another man's wife or another woman's husband. It's sex that creates problems. <laughs> it's common sense. You don't have sex that creates problems. All right. It's wrong sex. You know there's no there's no debate. There's no debate about it. You don't have sex with a person that is it's going to cause harm. All right. Um, these are not. These are not cultural differences. You, you know, like you can't have sex on Monday. That's not what that means, you know. Uh, and um, so these these precepts are um, very common sense. Uh, and uh, there's, it's not like, you know, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. You shouldn't take something that's not freely given, right? Nothing taken by force. So the idea of right action is that it aims at promoting moral and honorable and peaceful conduct. So anything that is that, that creates chaos or uh, harm, you avoid it, <laughs> right? Now, right livelihood is something that uh, does create some debate. It means that you should abstain from making one's living through a profession that brings harm to others, such as trading in arms and lethal weapons, intoxicating drinks, poisons, killing animals, cheating, etc. And you should live by a profession which is honorable, blameless, and innocent of harm in others. And so you can clearly see here that Buddhism is strongly opposed to any kind of war when it lays down that trade in arms and lethal weapons is an evil and unjust means of livelihood. You see, there's a good deal of debate about right livelihood, a good deal of debate. And there's a long discussion um, in one of the suttas about right livelihood, what is constituted by right livelihood. So uh, these three factors, right speech, right action, and right livelihood of the Eightfold Path constitute ethical conduct. And it should be realized that the Buddhist ethical and moral conduct aims at promoting a happy and harmonious life, both for the individual and for society. And uh, this moral conduct is considered as the indispensable foundation for all higher spiritual attainments. No spiritual development is possible without this moral basis. And then there's mental discipline. That, that's the second basket in which are included three other factors of the Eightfold Path, right effort, right mindfulness, which is attentiveness, and right concentration. And when uh, I was foolish enough to, uh, to teach these things, and I don't anymore, I'm not a very good teacher, I'm not very patient, um, you say, well, what's the difference between right mindfulness and right concentration? Isn't it the same thing? Well, no, it's not. No, it's not. Um, um, well, right effort is applied energetic will. The idea is that you prevent evil and unwholesome states of mind from arising. And to get rid of such evil and unwholesome states that have already arisen within a person. And also to produce and to cause to arise good and wholesome states of mind not yet arisen, and to develop and bring to perfection the good and wholesome states of mind already present in a person. This is this is constantly being attentive of what happens in your head. It's not, this is not meditation. This is in your day-to-day -day life, how you react to the world around you. In day-to-day -day life, you make an effort of controlling how you react to the world around you. And this is why, why I gave that long diatribe about Facebook. If, if Facebook is controlling how you feel, what a great exercise. You know, go through Facebook and look at all this crap and control how you react to it. If Facebook's controlling you, right effort is just the thing for you. Just the thing for you. Right, mindfulness uh, is attentiveness, is be diligently aware, mindful, and attentive with regard to the activities of the body, 
sensations or feelings and the activities of the mind and to ideas, thoughts, and conceptions and things. Now, this is just awareness, not attempts to change it. You're aware of it. And the practice of concentration on breathing is anapanasati. And this is so important. This is the crux of Buddhist practice. Anapanasati is how the Buddha gained enlightenment. Anapanasati, concentration on breathing, is one of the most well-known exercises connected with the body for mental development. There are several other ways of developing attentiveness in relation to the body as modes of meditation. Anapanasati is meditation. You sit quietly, usually with your legs crossed and your <coughs> hands relaxed in your lap, and you breathe. And as you breathe through your nose, you notice that's a short breath. As you breathe out, that's a short breath. That's a long breath. And you breathe. And you breathe. And you breathe. And as you breathe, you notice how your breath enters and leaves your nose. And if you do that long enough and with enough attention, enlightenment is yours. That is how the Buddha gained his enlightenment. It is the most important Buddhist practice. I remember when I bought the, the Tipitaka, the uh, uh, the huge, rather huge collection of the Buddhist teachings. It's uh, seven feet of bookshelf. And I looked at those and I said, in those books is the secret of enlightenment. All I've got to do is read those and absorb them. And I read and I read and I read and I read and it kept coming back to breath meditation. And I, I used to meditate for hours a day. It was... Uh, um, uh, it, it's indescribable. It's indescribable. But these, um, with regard to sensations and feelings, uh, you got to be clearly aware of all the forms of feelings and sensations as pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral, how they appear and disappear within yourself. And the activities of the mind, one should be aware whether one's mind is, is uh, lustful or not. Right, given to hatred or not, deluded or not, distracted or concentrated. And in this way, one should be aware of all movement of mind, how they arise and disappear. And ideas, thoughts, conceptions, and things, you should know their nature, how they appear and disappear, how they're developed, how they're suppressed and destroyed, and so on. And these four forms of mental culture or meditation are treated in detail and this one sutta that you can find in the Pali Canon called the Satipatthana Sutta, the setting up of mindfulness. And it is a marvelous discussion. And it's a crucial sutta. I discussed it on one of the shows where the Buddha spells out step by step how to deconstruct the very essence of who you are and lay it out and examine it. And the third and last factor of this mental discipline is right concentration which leads to the four stages of jhana, generally called trance or meditation. Um, in the first stage of jhana, all these passionate desires and, and unwholesome thoughts like sensuous lust, ill will, laziness, worry, restlessness, and skeptical doubt are completely discarded, and feelings of joy and happiness are maintained and sustained along with... Uh, a lot of other certain mental activities. And in the second stage, all intellectual activities are discarded and tranquility and one-pointedness of mind develop, what the Zen called diamond mind, and feelings of joy and happiness are all, all retained. It's like a mental house cleaning. And in the third stage, the third jhana, the feeling of joy, which is an active sensation, also disappears, while the disposition of happiness still remains in addition to mindful equanimity. And in the fourth stage of jhana, all sensations, even of happiness and unhappiness, joy and sorrow, all, all of it just disappears. 
only pure equanimity and awareness remaining. This is called mind without feature, luminous mind, mind without feature, mind all luminous, featureless. Then the mind is trained and disciplined and developed through right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. Now, the remaining two factors, right thought and right understanding, constitute wisdom. And right thought denotes the uh, thoughts of selfless renunciation or detachment, thoughts of love and thoughts of nonviolence, which extended to all beings. It's very interesting and important to note that thoughts of selfless detachment, love, and nonviolence are grouped on the side of wisdom. Isn't that interesting? And this clearly shows that true wisdom is endowed with these noble qualities and that all thoughts of selfish desire, ill will, hatred, and violence are the result of a lack of wisdom in all spheres of life, whether individual, social, or political. And right understanding is the understanding of things as they are, and it's the four noble truths that explain things as they really are. And that's when we get back to where we, we began, which I think is very cool. I think it's very cool. Time for us to uh, sign off. I want you to understand one thing, and that's the Reverend loves you. And as we leave this very trying year behind, um, and enter the new year of 2021, let's all resolve to let everything go that's been shackling us to uh, whatever it is that's been making us unhappy. Enter this new year joyously and with great courage. And uh, Reverend loves you, and we'll see you next year. This has been the Crystal Silence League Hour, heard exclusively on the LMC Radio Network. Join us next time for spiritual fellowship and discussion of spirituality, prayer, and advice on the practical use of crystals. It's been 30 days since the county bought it up a window and took the kids away. A simple life disappeared on tiptoe. I'm talking to a maid. Tomorrow's past and present mysteries Even Eastern Bay Cherokee Rich with family history The shepherds The church of divine harmony Serving lost lambs of Knoxville, Tennessee Praise with the crystal Silence League Reverend St. Germain Operates a jacket Beads at nightly Hanging from a chain He sealed his hair and wax And wound it tightly